listening to the Adam and Kyle podcast, where we hope to ignite inspiration through seeking the extraordinary and the ordinary. We will bring you episodes where we will let you in on our decades-long journey as friends and have conversations with guests about their passions, learning through lived experiences, and what challenges and excites them. Also, listen for bonus episodes that revolve around our shared love for music as we take a deep dive into our favorite bands, albums, and what we're spinning. Thanks for hanging out with us. Enjoy the show. (laughs) Welcome back. (laughs) Okay, so... Kyle's changing things around on me already. <laughs> um, well, you mentioned it. So why don't we add there? I kind of had a particular order. I wanted to go through these. Okay. Mainly just, I wanted to save a few for last. Okay. We're close to the end, but you mentioned it. So why don't we go over Billie Eilish? Okay. How and do you want to do this? Do you want me to tell, I could tell you my scores or we can start with the total scores and then go back and dive in. Or how do you want to kind of structure these conversations? I think we should, um, I think we should just go through each individual score, like together. You say your guitars or melodic instruments and I'll say mine. <laughs> and we'll just go through that till the end. Okay. And then we'll reveal the totals. Okay. That sounds good. So Billie Eilish, happier than ever. Yeah. Right off the hop. I mean, you said you changed guitars to melodic instruments and I didn't think of that. So the guitars and bass got a pretty low score. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. That's okay. I, uh, what'd you get for, for vocals? Uh, or do you want to, yeah, let's start with vocals. Start with vocals. Yeah. I gave it a, like a 4.9 cause I think she's a master. I gave her a three. What? Yeah. I found that uh, she just stayed within her comfort zone. I never really got excited by it. I think she's got a unique voice, but I don't think that she pushed very hard. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I thought there was a couple songs where she really kind of went out of her element. Like okay. Especially the, is the second last track on uh, that album? There was, there was a few tracks that really grabbed me for sure. Judy Maduti. Judy Maduti. Uh, are you talking about happier than ever? I think so. It was that one and Haley's comment that kind of stood out to me. Yeah. But interesting. I, I, either way, as a whole album, I just found that I wasn't that impressed with her. Like it was kind of the same old, same old. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. That's why we talk about this. Cause we're going to disagree on a lot of things. I'm sure. <laughs> Yeah. And, and to be totally fair, she has a unique voice and I like her voice and I really do like a lot of her music. Uh, but I just, from a scoring perspective, like scientific right. perspective, I gave her a three to be fair, <laughs> to be fair. Okay. Melodic well, instruments. Doing... Sorry. What? Melodic... Okay. You're doing <laughs> that next. Um, well, I gave it like 2.5 out of five. So did I. So it doesn't matter that much. <laughs> okay. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, drums and percussion. Uh, Three point five. Okay. I gave it two point nine. Okay. I did. I did decimal points of ten because there's there's so like minuscule details that I couldn't just go from three to three point five with all these things. That's fair. I was finding it a struggle also, so I'll probably change up next time around. 
yeah, or revisit some of these, but it'll make your life easier. <laughs> okay. Um, by the way, that's pretty close. Yeah. Songwriting. Yeah. Uh, I gave it a three. Oh man. Interesting. I, I told you I was pretty critical. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. You are. I gave it 4.4. 4. Okay. I thought that like three or four of the songs were really great, but on a, uh, 16 song album, I couldn't give it a higher than a three because only th- three or four of the songs I thought were really great. Okay. Um, and then production 4.5. I'm a 4.0. Okay. So all encompassing, what was your total out of 25? 16 and a half. Okay. Yeah. Mine was 18.7 out of 25. Yeah. So overall, like, uh, like not great scores as far as our rating system goes, like above average, but, uh, or above middle, I should say. Yeah. But, uh, like I wrote some general notes as well. I don't know if you did, but I Uh, found not about this one, but yes, about other ones. But what did you say? Well, I saw, I said, I found this album long and overproduced. Like I found, uh, there are some killer songs like Hayley's Comet and Happier Than Ever and Oxytocin, which we talked about. Mm -hmm. Uh, But overall, Mm -hmm. the rest were kind of like mediocre songs, overproduced and kind of like, I found there was a quantity over quality album or aspect that really prevailed on the album. Hmm. I found her style kind of wore out. Like I like her as a whole, but I found, or I think that she needs different mentorship and producers which I thought was interesting when I came up with that. Cause I went and looked at her label and her label actually is the same label as Eminem and Lady Gaga and Selena Gomez. Hmm. And so I don't know if she was working with the same people, but I found, well, her brother is her producer. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Okay. So uh, I doubt she'll ever get a new producer. Yeah. I just, I found it like it was almost juvenile. Like it seemed the album seems to hold on to songs that weren't the greatest because she liked them or her producer liked them, but they weren't really great. You know what I mean? Like Mm. they didn't, to me, they didn't Mm -hmm. deserve to be on the album. They could be on like a B sides or like a single release, but they didn't Mm. deserve to be on the album. Fair enough. This album was definitely, we've talked about many albums before where like, this is a Vic, this fell victim of like five songs too long. Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of albums coming out this year. Again, I think this is honestly, um, because of the pandemic and because people are just have so much to say or to write a lot of albums coming out are really long. They are I don't, like, like they're all Kanye pushing an West hour album. Kanye West album was an hour and a half long. Oh, and I promised you I'd listen to it. <laughs> like it's, it's long. I'll just, yeah. I'll, uh, I'll give you like five or six songs to listen to How about that. Okay. Yeah. That that's like the best ones. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think that's a product of the, of the pandemic. Cause people just have so much to say. And like, with the exception of some EPs, um, a good chunk of albums that have come out this year are between 50 to 70 minutes, which it doesn't need to be like an album should be 40 minutes or 45 minutes. In my opinion, like eight to nine songs. Yes. And no. Okay. It depends. Like, I guess it depends on the genre a bit. Like prog rock, when you get into like 10 minute songs, that's not enough songs. (laughs) It all depends on how it feels. Cause there's, there's a couple albums that we're going to talk about 
that are very long and one of them feels very long and one of them flew by in the blink of an eye. So I know which two you're talking about and I agree with you. So let me retract my statement and say that does depend. However, like, I think that like, to your point, there is this uh, overarching theme in the industry that like everything's getting put on albums. Like there used to be a time when you'd go into the studio with 20 to 30 songs and you'd drop 20 of them and put the best 10 on the album. And that's when you get like great albums. And now we're going yeah. to the studio and just putting 16 songs on because we have 16 songs. Like it's, it's yeah. weird. Right. Totally. Yes. Interesting. Um, let's go over the EP next. Let's go over orbit culture. Okay. And there's shaman EP. Okay. This will, this will be interesting. How do you have your setup by the way? Do you have, you always have vocals first. Yeah. Yeah. Vocals, instrumental instruments, percussion, songwriting, production. Okay. Let me just try and switch this really quick. How do you have it set up? I have, I just have the first two switched, so it'll be fine. I have oh, okay. guitars first, then vocals, but let's gotcha. do vocals first every time. Okay. Um, okay. Orbit culture. Sean vocals. I'll go first this time. Um, I gave it a 3.9. Mm. I gave it a 2.5. What? <laughs> Is this just because you don't like the sound of the guy's voice? No, I found, well, partially yes, but I found that there wasn't a lot of variation in his voice. Like he was always screaming the same scream. Yeah. The reason why I gave mine a higher score is because this screamer and the singer is the same person. It's the one guy hmm. doing all the vocals. That's interesting. The yeah. singing, the singing I didn't find amazing either. Like I like the singing better than the screaming, but I didn't find either amazing yeah we might and, be rating these differently because i like i agree like his like his singing voice is not necessarily like great yeah it's good but with the music i think it sounds really good like i think it, he sounds really cool i agree with that but that i reflect that on the production side so i'm kind of isolating the vocals and then how it sounds with the music ends up in production gotcha yeah, okay. is how I rate things typically. Interesting. Yeah. Because yeah, my production score did get a lower score than the vocals. Oh, see, so yeah, mine's way higher. So it does balance out. Mm. That's why this will be interesting because it seems like already <laughs> we're approaching these in different ways. Yeah, but that's okay. Yeah. I, I honestly like the discussion anyways, so it's, it's yeah, good. It's, it's great. And as long as we're um, both considering all factors, it should average out. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Um, okay so yeah vocals uh 3.9 you give it what 2.5 oh that's i feel like that's very low well see and that's the other thing is i'm considering the whole range of five like i'm considering 2.5 to be like that's 40 percent right it's not actually that low percent yeah, 50. <laughs> I like math. <laughs> yeah. So to me, like 50% is like 100% average. If you consider the whole scale, like it's not 0%, it's not 100%, it's just like straight middle average is how I consider okay. 2.5. Yeah. Maybe some of my scores are really high. We'll see how this goes. <laughs> uh, okay. Guitars instr- and instrumental instruments. 3.5. Okay. Yeah. 3.7. Yeah. Okay. Nice. I we agree that. on that. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, drums and percussion. Four. Yeah, I gave it a 3.9 as well. Yeah. yeah, we're pretty close here. I didn't give a lot of even scores, I just realized. <laughs> <laughs> For the person that whenever you got in my car, made sure my volume was either at 15 or 20 or 25 or an even number, you're yeah. giving a lot of odd numbers here. I know, but this is this is more intricate. <laughs> uh, Songwriting lyrics? Four. Yeah, 3.8. Okay, yeah. so I'm a little lower on you then. I thought I was going to be higher than you on this one. Um, production? Four. Yeah, 3.6. Ooh, a little lower. Okay. It's a little muddy. Yeah, it was. Especially compared to their studio album, Nasia, that yeah. came out last year. I found it to be a little muddier. Yeah, there was... um. So what I found is that that muddiness, I definitely agree on. And it sounds like they were playing with a compressor in a weird way. Like in electronic music, there's a thing yeah. called side chaining. And that's when you get like, when the kick drum comes in, you lose the bass, like a wow, wow, wow. Right? right. And I found that effect happening on this EP and I didn't like it. It doesn't suit the hmm. music. Does yeah. Gojira do that then? Yeah. Cause it kind of sounds like that too sometimes. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Hmm. Um, okay. So my total score out of 25 was 18.9. I gave it an 18. Which when you think about it, going back to like your, your Billie Eilish remark is just like, like Billie Eilish is 16 for me, her 16 song album got 18.7 and orbit cultures, five song EP got a higher score. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, but more is not better. And I think we both agree on that. Definitely. Unless it's Oreos, not a sponsor <laughs> yet. Okay. What do you want to go, go through next? Uh, I don't know and, what and you want to say for the end. So I think that you should drive the order, the picking. Okay. Yeah. Um, when do you want me to talk about the album that you didn't listen to? Uh, let's talk about it right at the end. Cause I'm going to go listen to it. Like literally after we're done recording. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. Now I'm going to start just going in order of how I had them ordered um leprous aphelion okay let's go over that one um i have to point out so i think or actually i know that some of my scores on this album are higher than i would have originally put them if i just listened to the album because okay. i did the leprous live stream thing oh yeah so they they played the album in full in Norway cool. the night before the album was released. Um, so that was my first experience hearing the, the full album was them on, in the live stream. Yeah. And then I listened to the album uh, quite a few times afterwards and like, <laughs> I know, dude, it's so good. I want to see them live <laughs> so badly because yeah. it was one of my, I've watched a lot of live streams in the pandemic. This was one of the best live streams I saw this year. Oh yeah. It was phenomenal. Okay. Vocals. Cool. Five. I gave 4.7. Oh, a okay. perfect five on vocals. I gave him a perfect five. Yep. I mean, like Einar, he is. He's so good. But like, again, what I looked at is I looked at like, 
the dynamic range. I looked at the voice control. I looked at like, um, how he pushed it versus when he came back and sat in his pocket. Like there's so much yep. technicality to his voice that I, I didn't hear anything wrong. Yeah. Um, I also want to go on record that I think like if someone asked me like, Hey, what are your top 20 favorite songs of all time? Yeah. Castaway angels might be in there. I know. I can't stop listening to it. That song is just, that's absolutely unbelievable. Um, okay. Well, why'd you guitars. give it a 4.7? Where, where, where'd they lose points in my, or just um, I think I just weren't comfortable you know giving a five. <laughs> I don't even know. Okay. Fair there's, enough. There's I, a couple yeah. vocals on this list that got a five. Okay. But, um, it's, I think it was just like, Man, now you're putting me on the spot. <laughs> I don't know. I just that found like when we were talking about singing and screaming, like he does it on this album as well. Like not, he doesn't scream often, but when he does, it's like, it's good. It fits, right? It's not overdone. It's not. Yeah. That last track. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, yeah, that was actually was what like bummed the... me up to the five was the last track. Just. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think it was like the live component. Okay. Fair enough. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. So guitars and instrumentals four. Okay, cool. I gave that the same as the vocals. Actually, I gave it 4.7 as well. Nice. Okay. Um, a lot of really cool, like layering going on, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, in that. And it's just, yeah, like some like really unique playing. Yeah. Unique riffs, unique, uh, um, approaches to instruments. Yeah. Like, uh, um, what the fuck's that song called running low? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Cause to me, a piano is like included in that melodic instruments. Right. So totally. Yeah. Their whole approach to songwriting is, it's I don't know if there's, there's not a lot of bands out there like that. No, no, I agree. Uh, Okay, drums and percussion. 4.5. I gave 4.8. Yeah, this was one of those times where I wish that I hadn't locked myself into the 0.5s because I felt it deserved more than 4.5. But not quite a 5. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really? Mean, this, yeah. Tight and syncopated and always yeah. in the pocket. Like, yeah. never right in front of everything. Yeah. And just some really cool stuff. And like this, this, this guy really knows when to like keep it simple and, and mm -hmm. like keep it light on the drums and then really knows when to just go hard. Yeah. And when you say He's, keep it simple, like it's almost stupid, simple, like yeah. counting to four on a yeah. snare. <laughs> and he's really dynamic. Like yeah. he just, he's very, very, very good. Yep. Yeah. Uh, songwriting, a uh, perfect five. Yeah. Same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just, well, you'll see by some of the songs on this one, they're, they're, I, I don't even know what to say. They're, 
unlike a lot of bands <laughs> out there. It's just like, yeah, their structures and stuff like that are very, very, very interesting and very unique to listen to. Yeah. I put in my general notes that like the album feels like a journey. Like it never, yeah. Like it just, it feels great. Yeah. <laughs> it's Man. nice to listen to. Yeah. They are very cool. Okay. Yeah. Production. This will be an interesting one. Uh, 4.5. Again, okay, I, I, four. I, I wasn't ready, ready to give it a five and I wish that I I'd broken up better, but I gave a 4.1. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, the production on the live stream almost sounded better than the production on the album. Interesting. Okay. And that's what lowered the score for me. Right. Okay. I also think the live stream was just so enthralling that I was just, (laughs) I just couldn't look away. I ended up watching it twice. Yeah. Yeah. I found the production was really good for the most part, but as we kind of discussed, like the musicians in this band all really know their place. uh, And when they're approaching songwriting, they approach it as the band is the instrument and not individual instruments. And I found the production didn't quite portray that. Yep. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. So what was your total? 23. Yeah. 23.3. Nice. Cool. Well, we're pretty close to the same page besides Billie Eilish so far. (laughs) Yep. Uh, Next on the list, Phineas with the album, the fire inside your metalcore baby. Yes. Uh, I have a feeling you were harsh on this one. Uh, not horribly. <laughs> I mean, you'll see when you see my total score, I think it, I think it's pretty fair. Yeah. Okay. Uh, vocals me first. You first. You 4.5. Oh, interesting. I gave 3.6. <laughs> oh yeah. Almost a full point score. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think the reason for that was just, I liked the cleans and like the screams sound good, but to the points you've made before the, all the screams kind of sounded the same. Mm, okay. Fair enough. And after, and after a full album, I was like, okay. Gotcha. Funny. Okay. <laughs> different uh, ears, hey? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Different ears, different tastes. Uh, melodic instruments, I gave a four. Yeah, I gave 4.2. Yeah. Percussion. Some really awesome guitar playing on this album. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, percussion, I gave a four. I gave 3.8. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, songwriting, I gave a 4.5. I gave 4.1. <laughs> okay. And uh, production, uh, 4.5. Whoa. Yeah, I, I really liked it. Interesting. Okay, yeah. I gave it 3.7 because, um, like, they got a, I think Spencer mentioned this in our, like, live podcast that, like, they got a lot of flack for the album before this because the production was really lacking. Okay. And even though it was a step up from that album, it's still not as well produced as the album's previous. Okay. Fair enough. In my opinion. And I haven't really listened to them, so I can't even compare, but yep. Fair enough. 
I don't know if it's fair or not to compare to, <laughs> maybe I should just base it on this, just this album alone, but it was like, yeah, the production's better, like much better than the other one. Like their old album, I would maybe give production a one out of five. Oh yeah. Is that bad? Hey. Yeah. It's that bad. Listen to the first couple songs of dark flag and let me know what you think. One day. <laughs> okay. Um, Okay, so what was your total out of 25? It was higher than mine then. 21 and a half. Interesting. Yeah, mine was 19.4. Yeah. I think on average, I think like I was looking at my scores. My score is an 83 and your score is a 78, right? Yeah, 78. Um, Like percent, I mean. So I'm, I'm looking at it in terms of percentages. And um, it's like a really good album, like a solid B score if you were to put it into like school grades right like good effort but not quite there (laughs) yep yeah okay this was this is an interesting album ginger wallflowers (laughs) yeah i certainly have some opinions (laughs) i know and you're like i'm actually really curious about yours mostly because you are just coming into liking ginger (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and I'm still not sure if I do, to be honest. Okay, okay. Um, I mean, I guess I'll just say it now. Like, yeah, their their first couple singles I really, really enjoyed, and I yeah. think it was because of I was listening to them in like those small samples. Okay, yeah. The album as a whole, I felt hard. It felt hard to get through. Mm. Um, but also at the same time as you'll see from some of like got gave some pretty high scores because like, I really appreciate what they're doing. Right. Um, I it's, I have to listen to them in small spurts. That's so interesting. Cause you saying the album was hard to get through. Like this is a relatively short album at 47 minutes. I know, but uh, I can see what you're coming from. Like it's, it is, it's like a different interpretation of protest. The hero I find like, it's very complicated and very, Hmm. dynamic mm-hmm. and like it, it protest a hero approaches it more from like a rock and metalcore side and ginger is approaching it from like the other side if that's fair to say yep yeah um yeah don't mind them in small spurts like i would never buy a ticket to go see them live i'll say that yeah uh, the only time i saw them live i was actually bought the ticket and now i would buy a ticket to see them next time but i got to see them with um uh, the Browning, which was really awesome. They were fun. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So. And yeah, I have to I say give some pretty high scores. So uh, yeah. Okay. No, that's cool. Uh, Ginger live is definitely way better than ginger album, by the way. So if you do get the opportunity to go, I wouldn't oh, necessarily really? say no. Yeah. Watching them play yeah, this like shit if, is insane. I bet. Like, I, I, like if they were headlining a show, I wouldn't be like, oh, I got to go. It would depend on who the supporting acts were. Yeah, that's fair. But I'd also go see them, like, support someone. Yeah, for sure. Too. Okay. I was just thinking how cool, just because the instruments are kind of similar-ish, mm-hmm. just thinking how cool a Ginger and Leprous show oh, would be. Yeah, that Bill. would be really cool. That'd be a really cool, Bill. Yeah. Anyway, vocals. 4.5. Yeah, I gave 4.5 as well. Yeah. She's uh, super talented. Yeah. Yeah. 
What'd you give melodic instruments? Uh, also a 4.5. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, percussion. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Did uh, you say something? No, I wasn't. Okay. Percussion. I gave 4.8. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I gave it a 4.5. Cause that drummer is phenomenal. So good. His ghost notes. Oh, are man, just I love a good ghost note. <laughs> I know. And I don't know, he, the way he puts them in, there's so many of them. And mm-hmm. anybody else, you would say that they're overusing it, but it just fits so well with what they're doing, I find. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Super talented drummer. Yeah. Uh, songwriting. I gave a four. Okay. I gave a 4.5. An even four. Man, 4.5 across the board almost. Almost. Production. 4.5. <laughs> so it is even yeah, across, yeah, all yeah, the way across the board. Yeah, across the board. So you think this is almost a perfect album? Yeah, but it's not quite there. Well, it's only like two and a half points off. Yes. Interesting. Yeah, I'm a full point lower than you. I gave production 3.7. Okay. So my total's 21 and a half. Yeah. So yeah, full point uh, on total score. Mm. I don't know. I just, I thought like whether or not you like Ginger or not, I thought that the album was really phenomenal. Um, The way that they write songs and like match the guitar and bass, like in unity is phenomenal. Like the playing is phenomenal. They put production in the right spots. They dynamically was a great album. So you do, you do, uh, have to like, like them a little bit though, <laughs> or a little, more totally. than a little bit to, to, to see all that or to have the patience to go through it. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. We have f- five more albums to go. Well, four that Kyle listened to, and I'll talk about one more. Yep. No, five more to go. Six one, more, two, I don't three, know. four, five, six more, including the one that I didn't listen to. Yeah. Okay. Next on my list is Deaf Heaven, Infinite Granite. Yeah. This is going to be very interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some of them I think you gave a pretty low score to. Uh-huh. <laughs> but not as low as you okay. think. I, I do appreciate what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, vocals. 3.5. Yeah. 3.6 for me. Yeah. I mean, they're they, like, they purposely have stuff, especially the vocals, like in the background, like that's just kind of their thing, which is why I say, I appreciate what they're doing. It is an artistic choice. Yeah. Yeah. The vocals are definitely better mixed in this singing version of the band than the screaming version of the band for sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, okay. Guitars instruments three okay okay yeah i gave 3.3 yeah i find that like they just do lots of fast picking which is fine like again i appreciate what they're doing but it's just not i don't find it that interesting it's kind of straightforward Mm -hmm. um drums four me too Nice. Uh, okay, so this is the number that might shock you, potentially. What did you give songwriting? Oh, see, this might shock you, then, in that case. 
I gave it a four and a half for songwriting. Oh, in- okay. Yeah. I gave it 4.9, almost yeah. a perfect score. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I think again, they're like structures I think can be really unique sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and just some really cool songs on this. Like it sounds like modern day blue oyster cult almost. Totally. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. That's one of the notes I made is that the songwriting was great as a band and like the arrangement was unique. Like I just really, really liked the songwriting. Yeah. Okay. Production. <laughs> Three. Yeah, I figured you were going to be pretty low. I gave 4.2. Okay. Because again, better, way better produced than previous albums of theirs. I agree with that. Yeah. I still feel like it's got a long way to go though. Yep. Can you imagine like if this album was produced like Leprous was produced, what that would sound like? <sighs> Yeah, it'd be a very different record, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Yep. Hmm. So, so anyways, yeah. I'll keep my three. <laughs> yeah, mine. Uh, so my total score was an even 20 out of nice. 25. Nice. I gave it 18. Okay. Okay. Um, what's so, next on my list? Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, I, I, yeah, I was just going to say I was critical of them, but I do appreciate what they're doing just from a verbal standpoint. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, yeah. eight, like 18 is not that bad. Nope. It's not half. It's not 12 and a half. <laughs> um, okay. Next on the list. Uh, let's do rivers of Nile. The work. Okay. This album was a, a journey. It was fun. Journey. This album <laughs> was a trip. Yes. Um, uh, it's one that I actually want to listen to a bunch more times again same and especially for the lyrics because it is like a it's like a pretty grand concept they came up with yeah it was actually the only album that i did actually look up the lyrics while i was listening because i started hearing some of the themes and i was like oh this is very interesting yeah do the work (laughs) (laughs) so let's do the work okay you ready yep voice (laughs) 4.5 I gave a four. Okay. I gave an even four. Fair enough. The vo- the vocals are higher than I thought you would put them, to be honest. For the same reasons as uh, Orbit Culture? <laughs> because the screaming is pretty monotonous? Y- yeah. But some really cool, clean vocals in there. It is. Uh, the reason I think that I gave it the higher score is because I do find it really fits their style better. Like I felt like it just mashed better as a whole. Yep. Uh, Guitars, instruments. 4.5. Yeah, I gave 4.3. Nice. For some reason, I thought you were maybe not going to like this album. Sounds like you liked it. I did like it. Um, Okay, drums. 4.5. Yeah, same. Yeah. Brady is a monster. Yeah, oh yeah. And a very nice gentleman. <laughs> Do you know him? Uh, well, I met him in Vancouver. Oh, yeah. Nice. When I got the privilege of seeing them play Where Owls Know My Name in full live. Oh, that, yeah. <laughs> that very, very, very good. Uh, okay. Songwriting. What'd you put? 
4.7. Okay. I gave it a even five. Oh <laughs> yeah. Top score. So what made you give it a top score? Um, the journey of the album was really good. And again, the dynamics, it's actually all the same reasons that I love where the owls know my name. Uh, it just, everything just fit. Like it flowed really well. Each song flowed yep. into each other. Like it just, I don't know. I just really liked it. And I love when they yeah. drop in instruments that don't belong in metal. Most times. I know like they're they're They are, they are, um, what's wrong with, they are expanding boundaries in this genre. Totally. Part of the reason why I really liked, um, fit for an autopsy their latest album yeah that kind of that kind of it felt that way to me like they're just really kind of expanding on a lot of ideas within that genre rivers of nile though like i mean the first time i heard when owls know my name and heard like the saxophone come in i was just like no one's doing this no and then and they did it so well it wasn't cheesy (laughs) and the saxophone like they're it was used much less in this album, mm-hmm. but still in those little spots, you're just like, man, it yeah. just sounded so good. Yes. <laughs> and they just know, they know, they know how to play with like textures and layers and yeah. Yep. Production. Uh, 4.5. Yeah. 4.6 for me. Yeah. I think, I think it could have been better, but you're absolutely right. Like the, the layering, and textures were fantastic. The stereo field was amazing. Um, yep. but it just, I think it could have been a little better. Yeah. This is, this is one of those albums. Like the running time is 64 minutes and it did not feel like 64 minutes. Not at all. No, I've listened to it four times and I just, every time I've just like get lost in it. Yeah. And another thing about this one is like, it has, two two songs on it in particular that i think are easily i think the two best songs of their career and so yes they're better than any song on where i was know my name okay in my opinion which two songs the void from which no sound escapes yeah is just like phenomenal and then the the closing track i know dude terrestria four the like eight eleven and a half minute <sighs> Yeah. It's just like that song in itself is a journey. Yeah, I know. I, I caught that same song. The void from which no sound escapes didn't like draw my attention as much as dreaming black clockwork, but, uh, okay. Um, yeah, really good song. The terrestria oh. for sure. Yeah. This my, uh, yeah. Yeah. My, my general comment on this album was uh, that it wasn't as good as Where Owls Know My Name, but still fucking incredible. Mm-hmm. I think where one of the only places where Where Owls Know My Name has this beat is just that like original shock factor of like, mm, oh, this yeah. is so different. And now because of that album, like when this album came out and their singles came out, you're like expecting something different now. Mm-hmm. And so that's the only thing for me that like maybe pushes where I was in Omaim over the edge, but there's some stuff on here where it's just like, that's pretty self-aware that that's a, that's a good point for sure. 
yeah, this one, uh, I mean, it's so hard to, it's so hard to say this one right now is in my top 10 of the year. Yeah. Fair. Um, okay. So what was your total score then? 23. Okay. Yeah. Mine was 22 and a half. Yeah. Nice. Um, okay. Let's I'm excited for these final three, the conversation. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's go. Let's save. I had this one next, but let's save it for second last. Okay. Let's talk about our girl, Courtney. Okay. Uh, and spirit uh, box. I love her. Um, I have to point out before we start this, uh, I posted this on my Instagram the other day but they deserve a big congratulations because in the US number 13 billboard top 200 number 1 rock album number 1 hard rock number 1 in vinyl sales oh my number god number 2 internet albums number 2 independent albums number 3 in digital albums and number 3 overall in the states in album sales holy smokes good for them they pushed 50,000 units in their first Holy week. Holy smokes. Oh my God. Okay. So uh, I'm excited to do this scoring because I was pretty critical on them as well, uh, given those numbers. And I, w- the reason I'm mentioning that is because I feel like if there's this one area of the album that they could improve or one area in their band that they can improve going forward, that they could just like take over. Interesting. Do you want to save that point for later or now? Well, let's just go through the points and then I'll, uh, you'll, you'll see. Um, well, let's get this one out of the way. Vocals. I gave a five. I gave a five. <laughs> um, I think not maybe it's hard to say in all genres of music, especially in the metal genre. She puts a lot of vocalists to shame. Oh yeah, for her sure. Screams and- are impeccable. Obviously her clean voice is just like haunting and beautiful yeah so so actually not to go back to orbit culture but i when i gave orbit culture a two out of five for vocals even though he screams and sings when compared to courtney laplante who's doing the same thing the 2.5 is very justifiable god good point yeah (laughs) speaking of album or songs that might be in my favorite songs of all time constance man I that's the other one I cast off last week. Castaway Angels and Constance. They were in the same a, Here's What's Spinning. Uh, yeah, they were. What a yeah. perfect album closer. Yeah. I have thoughts about that too. Okay. So vocals, we both gave a five. Uh guitars, instrumentals. Uh 4.5. Oh uh, yeah, okay. I gave 4.4. 4. Yeah, nice. Drums. Three. Yeah, I gave three points five. Okay. I think I think they wrote like a majority of these songs without a drummer. I yeah, and you can tell. And maybe that's the point you're gonna make is that they that should is. write an album with a drummer. Yeah. Bingo. Yeah. If they had if you imagine yeah. like Ginger's drummer or um, oh, who was the other one I was thinking of? I can't remember right now. But uh, if you imagine like a really 
fucking fantastic drummer behind spirit box so that it wasn't just some session player coming in and just laying down tracks, or they might've done Mm -hmm. it in like addictive drums or something. Like, I don't know. They might've programmed the drums, but I just found the drums really underwhelming. They were there and they supported the music, but I felt like it could have elevated most of the tracks. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Well, I think they were all just produced. I don't know if any drums were recorded live. I could be wrong. Yeah, I don't know either, but I just know that a lot of it was just hi-hat, snare, and kick, and the kick was just matching the rhythm of the guitar and bass. Yeah. And the hi-hat and snare kept your measures, but like besides that, there was the odd tom fill, very rare, and the odd other symbol, but very rare as well. I'm trying to think of a drummer that would do really well in this band, and I think I thought of one that would be really interesting and potentially really freaking cool who matt helpern from periphery oh yeah that would be really cool the reason i brought up a ginger's drummer is because i think ghost notes would really suit spirit box in the same Mm. way that they support Mm -hmm. uh ginger yeah okay yeah but i can see where you're going with periphery as well and getting like the full drum kit involved interesting okay but yeah, that was exactly the point I was going to make is this album would have scored so much better if the drums were at the level of the rest of the album. Yeah. Uh, songwriting. Five. Oh, okay. I give it a 4.4. Okay. Yeah. A little lower. Uh, and then production. Uh, 4.5. Yeah. I gave a five. Okay. I think, it's <laughs> one of the best, those. I think it's one of the best produced metal albums of the year. Ah, Interesting. Um, even I've, with the drums, even, yeah, no, the, the drums I thought were mixed really well. I found the guitars were a little bit too in front for me. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Which is why I dropped to a 4.5 is it's not quite how I like to hear it. <laughs> That's probably on purpose because I mean, the guitar player is Courtney's husband. Yeah. And, and I imagine the two of them do the majority of the songwriting. <laughs> Yeah. And if they don't have a drummer, they're probably like, well, let's just put the guitars up front. Exactly. Yeah. No, it it all makes sense. But like, it all comes back to the point where I feel like if they had a drummer and they mixed it more balanced, I think it would just destroy. It could be up there with eras (sighs) self-titled. Yeah. Um, So a couple things about this album. Um, As far as debut albums go, yeah, it's one of the better debut albums out there. Mm-hmm. Yep, like I would put it up there in the ranks with like "Appetite for Destruction" of how good yeah. it is as a as like a debut release. Totally, <clears throat> and they can only go up from here. I think we hope. Um, get a drummer. <laughs> get a drummer. Uh, yeah, like again, clocks in at forty three minutes. It's so it's like a normal length album. Yeah, and it's um, tight. The whole thing just and is tight. Again, like, you know me and, like, releasing a bunch of singles. So I know this band's a little different because... <laughs> Sorry. Um, it's all good. This band's a little different because they, like, generated their hype because of some of the singles they had put out. Because they're so good, yeah. And I guess this like this album has been written for two years. Wow. And so, um, all of these, all of like the singles that you heard were all like 
always meant to be part of an album. And so I was just like thinking about the placement of some of these songs. And like, I remember Courtney in a, in an interview, like she said that like Constance was always meant to be the album closer. Oh yeah. And that Holy Roller, that just like crazy heavy song was always meant to be in the middle of the album splitting up. Cool. Like as a palate cleanser. I don't yeah. know what the fricking that's like the heaviest palate cleanser I've ever heard. <laughs> no. um, they released that yeah. single so long ago too. So to your point, like they used it to hype themselves up. Yeah. And so, yeah, the placement of the songs really made me, even though we've heard these singles like countless times now, the placement of them in the album, I was like, yeah, these are done really well. Um, I'm, I'm curious as to what some of your favorite songs were on the record. I know Constance because some of my favorite songs are not the singles that were released. Uh, I agree. Yep. Um, did, did you know that they're from Victoria, British Columbia? Yeah. I don't, we may have mentioned that. I just forgot it till now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about our favorite songs. Uh, Sun Killer is one of my favorites, the opening track. Yeah. And every single time I hear them go into that like bridge part before the outro, the, the vocals give me like the heebie jeebies every oh, single yeah. time. Yeah. To sleep. Yeah. To sleep. Um, yellow jacket for me. Was yes. a big standout. Yeah. That was my next one for sure. That mm-hmm. chorus is <laughs> unreal. Yeah. Um, silk in the strings, obviously. Yeah, obviously. And I really liked Halcyon too. Like the yeah, okay. 10th track. Yeah. That was going to be my other one. And then but, also eternal blue. Yeah. The title track. Mm-hmm. Just basically all the songs that we haven't already heard. Yeah. <laughs> Which is funny. Cause when we were doing our, like our midway show and like our top releases of the year, um, I remember you put Constance in there and I put circle with me in there. Yeah. And now after hearing the whole album, like circle with me is like, it's a weak track. It's a, it's one of the weaker two songs. Yep. For sure. For sure. Um, but man, it's just, yeah. Incredible. If you haven't heard spirit box yet out there and you're listening, you're doing music wrong. Yeah. Go and listen to it. Pause the podcast, go listen to it and then come back <laughs> Yeah, and then come back to the podcast. Uh, so what was so your total was, score? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, 22.3. Okay. Yeah. I gave it a 22. Okay. Nice. Yeah. That's for you. All right. Which is so funny how highly we speak of the album and how it's not the highest rated in this rating system, which I, I actually love. I love that we can yeah. separate of the, that. Of all the albums we reviewed, it's the one, two, three, four, fifth best. From a score standpoint. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I thought going into this year, I was like, Spirit Box is going to be the number one release of the year. Uh, you know, it is not. I'm <laughs> Which sorry. Which is incredible because it's so powerful, but there's so much music and good shit coming out that it's crazy that it's not one of the top releases. I know. Um, 
All right. The elephant in the room. Let's do Iron Maiden. Oh, no. The Adam and Kyle podcast is sponsored by Phoenix Song Productions. Phoenix Song Productions is an AV system provider and integrator specializing in live sound production and recording. Phoenix Song Productions also offers technical consultations, permanent installations, and rentals. Phoenix Song's newest offerings include live streaming consultations, on-site audio and video recording, as well as technical and creative education. Check our website at www.phoenixsongproductions.com for the next education or entertainment event. Follow us on social media. Check the show notes below for links to our website and all of our social pages. Let's just go through the scores and then let's talk about it. Okay. What did you give vocals? 3.5. Okay, I gave him a four. Okay. And that's a generous four because I love Bruce Dickinson. That's fair. <laughs> um, guitars. Three. Yeah, I gave 3.3. Okay, you're being a little more generous than I am. I think so. Yeah. Uh, drums. 3.5. 2.9. Okay. Yeah. Um, songwriting. 2.5. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, 3.8. Okay. Gave songwriting. And then production. Three. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, I gave 3.5. Yeah. Spoiler alert. This is my worst rated album on this list um same yeah which is so sad <laughs> so this this is very interesting case okay, so obviously if you've listened to the podcast before um like iron maiden um for both of us is one of our favorite bands of all time yeah and we love them um and we were so hyped about the like the new album the new announcement we did the yeah. whole like live reaction to writing on the wall, which is still a great um, song. It is. Well, it is a great song. Maybe the only good one. <laughs> oh, that I definitely do not agree with. <laughs> I know. I, I'm just, I'm just being pessimistic. I mean, to just put it, I guess to put it bluntly, it was just, it was, it was a quite a letdown. It was. Yeah. From the hype. Um, so let's just get into it and talk about why my first comment on the album is that the songs are too long and too repetitive and mm -hmm. that uh most of them could have been cut down significantly and it would have made them better yes um i mean the album clocks in at an hour and 22 minutes and it's, it's too long it's it's too long um so for me the album started off Cause like I was so, so pumped to listen to it. Um, and I was just like, yeah, I was just like getting, I was like ready, had my headphones on. I was laying in bed and I was just super ready for the album. And then the first track Sinjutsu, I was like, this song is fucking boring. It is so bad. Like it's eight and a half minutes. And I was just like, it just, it's, it, it was a bad tone setter for the album. Like yeah. if they, if they started with like Stratego, mm -hmm. which is kind of like more along the lines of like kind of classic maiden ish. Yeah. Yeah. Not as good, but like in that vein, it would have, it would have set the tone for me for the album better. But like when I was listening to the opening track, I just like, 
Like was, I wanted to fast forward or skip it. Cause I was just kept waiting for something to happen and nothing happened for like eight and a half minutes. And I was just like, uh, this isn't, this isn't starting off well. No. And then, and then of course you get into the next two songs, which are the singles they released Stratego and writing on the wall. And I was like, I've heard these before. I know what I'm getting myself into. Mm-hmm. And, um, it just was like, yeah, it was a bad, it was a bad start to begin with. It was. Yeah. I, uh, so when the album first came out, I was in a hotel room in Prince Albert with my business partner mm-hmm. and I really, really wanted to wait and listen to the whole album, but I couldn't help myself. And so I started with Sinjitsu and like 10 seconds in, I skipped forward a minute and then I skipped forward another minute and I skipped forward another minute. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm super stoked, so stoked, Benny, that uh, Iron Man just released an album. And he looks at me, he's like, it's kind of interesting that they have been around since the old analogs, like real to real days, and they're still trying to be relevant in the digital days. And I think what he was trying to say mm-hmm. is that they're not doing a great job <laughs> based on the quick things that I s- s- skipped through in Sinjitsu. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it definitely set the tone for the record poorly for me i the rest of the record i looked at very critically yeah and like it was just it was a lot of recycled ideas a lot of recycled guitars yep drums um and like yeah like i gave the vocals of a four because i just like i love the sound of bruce's voice yep but it's like you say, it's recycled. It's uninspired. Yeah. And like, especially comparing it. Cause I really, really liked book of souls. Mm-hmm. It was good. And even comparing it to that. I was just like, man, they, it's just not as good. And I can't, I can't figure out what it is. I feel like book of souls was a natural, like kind of more, um, uh, raw, journey into that kind of progressive realm. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this one, they may have forced it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like you say, my, one of my notes was like guitars and solos are pretty uninspired. Mm-hmm. Um, the mix was poor. Also, I didn't like the mix on the album at all. Yeah. And they're all, they're usually super well mixed and produced. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the only no, thing like it was still Kevin Shirley that did this album. So I don't know. Well, maybe What's he's changed? getting old. Like maybe his ears are getting old. Like there is a time when ears expire, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. like I, I hate to be that guy, but I know that one day my ears won't be as good as they are now either. Right. So mm-hmm. neither will my eyes, <laughs> but uh, the one positive I did have for the album is that uh, they added some synthesizer in these songs again. And that is appreciated. Like, it's been a long time for Iron Maiden since Seven Son of a Seven Son to bring that synthesizer back in. They've been flirting with it over the past few years. Um, and uh-huh. I think that it adds a lot to their songs. Definitely. Um, I do want to say bright spots on the album. Um, I do really like the closing track, Hell on Earth. Yep. Yeah. Um, I think that's a great song. And I liked death of the Celts. Yeah. 
um, what was, I can't remember if it's, is it the time machine or days of future past? I think it's days of future past, like sounded like it could have been on peace of mind. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think that's as, I think that's as close to eighties version Iron Maiden we're ever going to get. Yeah. Well, and, and like, as far as the album goes, like it was the shortest song on the album. Like it was the most tight knit, like yeah. it. Yeah. So that does make sense to say that for sure. So I really enjoyed that. Um, and I still really like the writing on the wall. So I kind of wish it wasn't the single. Yeah. It's like when a movie shows you the best parts in the previews. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Sinjitsu. It's just like, like either just take it off completely or actually, you know what? Yeah. It just should have just been not on the album. Yep. I agree. I was going to say it should have been like an interlude, but even mm. then it's not worth it. There's nothing to it. Like, it's just not. And it goes on for nine, like nine minutes. I know. I'm just like, what is happening? And you expect more out of a title track always too. So hundred percent. Yeah. And like Iron Maiden usually has great album openers. Like, um, the album opener to book of souls. Uh, I'm trying to remember that one. Awesome. Beer. If no. eternity should fail. Yeah. Yeah. That is a killer opening song. And I was just like, oh man. It's it's a disappointment. And it's funny because it's still one of those things where it's like if Iron Maiden announces a Sinjutsu tour, it's like, well, we're going. Well, yeah. <laughs> their concerts are just so incredible. No, I'll still go, but I'm not gonna be I'll, no, I'll, I'll be, be curious to see um because I did see an interview that Bruce was doing and he was doing like a track by track. Oh yeah. Which was kind of interesting. Um, and he said that he said that they wrote Sinjutsu, the song specifically to be an opener for concert for their concerts. I know. And after hearing it and hearing that, I'm like, maybe it'll come across better live as like an opening to a, to a show, like with those kind of like pounding samurai drums, like could sound cool live, but yeah. We'll yeah. See. Maybe. And I could see it being like live uh, as being like a, like if it's got a good uh, uh, visual on stage or if there's something to like, it does have a good crescendo, but it's an eight and a half minute crescendo. Like it's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, after, after everyone out there, hears this episode. We're releasing our, our episode that we did with Spencer where we do our, top 10 favorite Iron Maiden albums of all time. Yep. I think it's fair to say this would not be in there. Nope. And when you listen to the episode, you'll hear me give um, Dance of Death a pretty bad rap. This is the much worse than Dance of Death. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Cool. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't even know where it would fall. It would be, it'd be, it's, it's it's painful to say, but it's one of the worst albums they've done in their career. For sure. Yep. Agreed. Oh man, such a disappointment. <laughs> um the next album we have to talk about, the last one we have to talk about. Uh you've been talking about this album since we started the podcast. Yeah, and I'm wondering how you want to go about this, because I'm thinking you give all your scores first and then I'm going to kind of go on a rant. Okay. 
Sure. So I'll give you my scores. I'll finish with my total score and I'll finish with just a quick comment about it. Okay. Um, and then, then I'm curious to hear about your rant. I'm curious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So this uh, next album is Colors 2 by Between the Buried and Me. You um, sound buried? <laughs> buried, yeah. I guess that's more correct. I say buried and it's like they got strawberried <laughs> there's definitely a you there between the buried and me <laughs> yeah that's weird i say between the buried and me interesting okay <laughs> but the bam uh so uh adams are talking about this album yeah since we started the podcast so there was a uh-huh. lot of hype to this album as well uh-huh. um i was excited hype-a, to listen to it hype <laughs> you're pretty and i like you uh the vox i gave 4.5 uh-huh. The melodic instruments I gave 4.5. Mm-hmm. The percussion I gave a 4.5. Uh-huh. The songwriting I gave a 5. And production I gave a 4.5 for a total of 23. And as a okay. gen- as a general statement, uh, I gave it pretty high ratings. I really think that it could be better. Like this is not one of those times where I wish I could go between four and a half and five. I think that the four and a half was earned. And also, I liked Automata 1 and 2 way better than Colors 2. You liked Automata 1 and 2 way better? Yes, than Colors 2. Very interesting. (laughs) That is very interesting. Um, I guess we didn't do this podcast when those albums came out. I didn't realize you liked those I, I consider it one album, obviously. Yeah. Like yeah. Automata is just one album. I just didn't realize you liked Automata that much. I do. Yeah. Like Between the Buried and Me is not actually one of my top bands. I really like what they do and I like the creativity. Mm-hmm. But like Automata, I found had the same kind of um, venture outside the genre as Rivers of Nil. Hmm. Yeah. So that's why I liked Automata. And I was, ex- they did a little bit out of it in colors too. Mm-hmm. But, uh, um, not, not in the same way. And also I know that part of your rant is going to be comparing it to colors one, because you've talked about that lots. Uh, mm-hmm. and I did not go back and listen to colors one to give it a good comparison. So it was basically just a, here's my score listening to yeah. it once. I listened to colors one right before I listened to colors two. Nice. Yeah. I figured you would lyrics and all. Okay. Go for it, bud. Okay. I have some very <laughs> strong opinions on this album. <laughs> I know. Um, I'm going to, uh, it'll be curious. Uh, I don't know how much of this is recency bias, but I have listened to this album at least 15 times through. Okay. I gave it 25 out of 25. You gave it a perfect score. And I think it's the best album of Between the Buried and Me's career. I think it's the best metal album of the year. I think it's, probably the best album of the year and i think it's the best metal album in the last decade okay holy smokes those are a lot of claims (laughs) um yeah so how i how i kind of figured is this album to me feels like they took all the best parts from like Alaska 
obviously from colors from the great misdirect from parallax from coma ecliptic from automata it feels to me like they took all the best parts in those albums and put them together into one thing like if anyone was gonna do like a like it almost feels like a greatest hits album (laughs) but it's a concept greatest hits album right um yeah i just (laughs) it's just i have so much to say and i don't know how to say it um like and to put this into perspective for the longest time um or since like the parallax 2 came out in 2012 um, my top three albums of all time has uh, have for the longest time has been Scenes from Memory uh, by Dream Theater, uh, Songs for the Deaf by Queens of the Stone Age, and The Parallax 2 from Between the Bear and Me. Okay. And this I'm... album is significantly, I would say significantly better than The Parallax 2. Okay. Okay. Um, so it's that it's, I feel like it's that good. Um, it's one of those ones that I was saying before, like clocks in at an hour and 19 minutes and it felt like a half an hour. (laughs) (laughs) Um, even though like on the first listen, it was a a lot to digest, which is usually the case with them. Mm -hmm. Um, that's part of the reason why I thought it was really cool how they did automata, like splitting it up into two parts. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a lot to digest, but when you, once you start like diving into it and start diving into like the instrumentation and the lyrics and everything that went into it, it's just like, I don't know. I don't know anyone out there that's doing music like this. And it's just like, that's a fair statement for sure. Yep. And the part of the reason why I, why I think it's like the best album of their career is because like I was thinking about it in, and like when I was breaking these things down and it's like Tommy's vocals and just the vocal melodies are the, is the best he's ever done. Mm-hmm. The guitars work when you break it down is the best guitar work I think they've ever done. Um, Blake Richardson on drums has also never sounded better. And then the bass work it is incredible. It's always work. great, but like, yeah, especially on this, it's never sounded better. So even just instrumental wise, I was like, this is better than anything they've ever done, which is saying a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then production wise, it's just like, you can, you can, there's so much going on, but you can pick everything apart. Like everything's pretty clear. Absolutely. Yep. And I just like, I just was like, I don't understand how (laughs) they do this. And then again, like some of the songs on this album are some of the best songs they've, I think they've ever written. Um, like revolution in limbo, never seen future shock prehistory, the future behind us human as hell. Like, it's just like, Yeah, I, I will admit that this album is one I only listened to twice. And what you're telling me is that I should have listened to it way more than that. And I probably would have given it a better score. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just like one of those albums that's just like, 
there's so much to pick apart. And it's like, it's one of those ones that every time you listen to it, you're going to pick out something different every mm-hmm. single time. Um, that is pretty cool. Yeah. At first, at first I thought it was just like the mood I was in and I was just like so hyped for it. And I listened to colors one first and then I listened to this and I just loved it. And then listened to it a couple more times. And I was like, maybe this is just recency bias and me just wanting to like it a lot more than I did. And then it was just like, the more I dove into it, it just got better and better and better and better and better and better. And I went back and looked at some of my like lists of albums of the years that I've been putting out. Yeah. And like, especially like the top ones and twos. And I stand by my statement. I think it's maybe the best metal release of the last decade. Okay. It's that good. Cool. For me. Yeah. <laughs> Again, this is just one man's opinion. Yeah. Well, it's, it's funny. Cause like, I know that you've always been a much bigger between the parade and me fan than I have been. So it actually wasn't until automata that I was really kind of intrigued with what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know. I like, I definitely respect your claims and opinions. Uh, I'm not totally sure yet, but there's definitely like, that's just, that's why they're opinions. Yeah. So, <laughs> they're bold for sure. I know it's interesting listening or like looking. So between the buried and me, uh, this colors two has an average of like 250 to 300,000 listens per song. Mm-hmm. And, and when you look at, uh, spirit box eternal blue they've got like an average of well some of their songs have in the millions but if you looked at the album as a whole they're above 500,000 listens above 600,000 listens as an average each yeah jeez yeah so it's, it's interesting like between the buried to me has been around for so long and they're still yeah. so underground compared to Etern- like uh, spirit box who is new but the way that they've hyped anyways, they, they've hyped themselves totally different than mm-hmm. between the buried and me. And also they're totally different styles of totally metal. It's just, it's say, just like, interesting. Yeah. Like spirit box is definitely easier to listen to mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like between the buried and me is like, they've always been one of those bands that you like, like you can't like even just like have them on in the background. Like I think like you just have to like dissect mm-hmm. what they're doing and it's, it's it's interesting because it's not necessarily one of those protests the hero i kind of feel the same way about it's like it's not necessarily one of those ones or one of those bands you really enjoy listening to until you kind of realize what's going on what's happening (laughs) i totally agree with that yep yeah and actually Uh, so not to go back to ginger but i feel the same way about ginger right like they just take mm -hmm. a little bit to understand what's going on and then you're like holy shit this is really good (laughs) totally totally yeah so cool that's what i have to say about that um the only perfect score so far of the year uh yeah since our rating for sure since our rating for sure yeah i'm i'm excited i actually uh after this episode i was going to ask you for the list of albums i don't know if you've got it from the very first here's what's spinning but uh, i was going to go back and start applying ratings to all those too yeah i'm gonna have to apply ratings to all the ones we list too like yeah can you believe (laughs) that architects came out this year 
Like that's oh, how it, that's so underwhelming. <laughs> well, not just that. It's just like I feel like we talked about that a, a long time ago. ago. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that album was released like February, I think, of this year. Yep, yep. That sounds that's about right. Just the tip of the iceberg. And for how highly we spoke of that, what's come out since? <sighs> sorry, sorry, architects. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Um, so the very last, were you done? Sorry, I didn't didn't mean to. I'm done. You're I'm done? done. Okay. So Go the ahead. very last album uh, that was on this list that I didn't listen to because I was listening to all these albums and then just totally forgot about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Adam. Uh, I love to hear your thoughts on it. And then right after this podcast, I'm going to go listen to it. So between the buried and me got 25 out of 25, <laughs> uh, sleep tokens, new album, this place will become your tomb. 24.7. Oh my God. Is that good? Out of 25. Um, I have a lot to say about this album. I won't go too into it cause I don't want to spoil things for you okay um just like we've said about like leprous or ginger uh or even like between the buried and me um there is no one in music doing what sleep token is doing right cool um as far as um so everything got a so vocals drums songwriting and production all got a perfect score it was guitars that got the 4.7 for me that sounds right based on the singles i listened to i i would agree with that if the album followed suit yeah um like i love courtney's voice um the reason why i put her like as some of the best metal vocalists out there is because i don't know if sleep token can be classified as metal because they have a lot of like really pop sensibilities okay um but i think he's one of the best vocalists out there right now on the planet do we know who it is yet we don't know who it is Mm. it's crazy we don't know who anyone in the band is um and the the stuff he does on this album it's just like out of this world. He has such an incredible range. He has such an incredible tone to his voice. Um, and this album too, if you uh, like listen along with the lyrics and stuff like that, th- this album takes you on like an emotional roller coaster. And I can't remember the last time. I don't even know if it's ever happened to be honest. But when you go through the whole album and then you get to the last song, Missing Limbs. Yeah. Like it made me emotional and I was like tearing up. That's so cool. It's absolutely phenomenal. It's just like, and then yeah, production wise is just like absolutely spot on. I think it's the best produced album of the year. Um, Songwriting wise, again, like, there's just some really, really interesting things going on there. And they're just one of those bands that like will just be so mellow. I can't wait till you hear the opening track. Cause Holy shit. <laughs> the opening track. Um, 
and again, just how it's laid out. Like it just takes, it's just like up and down and it's just like some like really soft, like poppy parts. And then some just like blisteringly heavy parts that just kind of come out of nowhere. I love that. I love that bands can still do that. Like I remember as a teenager bands taking me on journeys like that and music yeah. taking me on journeys like that. And it's been a few years since music's been able to do that for me. And so, but this mm -hmm. last year, there's been so many good shit coming out. Like it's taking me yeah. back. Um, so I think like, I think this will be, I I'll be curious to see like the reception it gets. Yeah. Um, I don't think they're quite, I don't think they're going to be like spirit box big cause spirit box just seems to be blowing up. But like, I wouldn't be surprised to see this on a lot of album of the year lists like in top in the top tens. Yeah. Um, even like commercially. Um, I just, I have, I have a lot more to say, but I'll save it for when you hear it. Cause I'm very curious what you think. Um, just keep an eye out for certain tracks. The opening, tr the first two tracks are just like, what the hell? Um, another really interesting song that I'm so curious about. It's called the one fall for me. And the entire song is just him and layered vocals. So there's really? no instruments in the song. Oh, that's really exciting. That's like, a, just, that's a muse move. Yeah. And it just like, it just shows how his voice is just like an instrument and that he doesn't need any other instruments behind. He just, he just sings at you. And it's like, it's very like produced. I'll say that like, it's like a lot of layers and like effects on his voice, but it just, yeah, it works again. It's all about placement of the album, right? It falls right in the middle and you're just like, I see us right before alkaline. And I remember listening to alkaline as a, uh, a single, mm -hmm. and that seems like it's going to be a very interesting turning point of the album. Yeah. I wish I could just, I mean, maybe we can, if you're listening to the album right after this, I, I wish I could just, watch you listen to like even the first <laughs> even the first two songs yeah because like I, ca I can't say enough about it i even as i'm talking through it it's like maybe it does deserve 25 i think it's just phenomenal you just didn't want to give it a 25 <laughs> yeah I, I guess not okay um, cool yeah I'll, I'll definitely uh listen to it very quickly here Cause I'm excited yeah, about it. It's an album that I haven't, I've never heard anything like it. Um, I think it's definitely better than their debut album sundowning. Yeah. And it's just a ride. It's a ride. And it's not necessarily one of those ones that you like need to listen to beginning to end. Cause it's not like a concept record, like between the buried and me where like all the songs flow into one another that does happen some for some songs, but when you, when you hear the first track, you're going to just be sucked in and you're just going to, this is one of those ones where I listened to it. I listened to it the night it got released. Um, so like right at 10 o'clock and I ended up listening to the album probably, I think like four times over till like almost two in the morning. <laughs> Cause I just kept replaying it and replaying it and man, 
that's awesome. Cool. Well, I'm, I'm super stoked for it now. Um, so Hopefully I think I that I hype it up too much. Yeah. Um, I think that we should skip. I did listen to all these, uh, singles as well. Oh boy. Okay. But I think that we should skip it cause we're getting pretty long here for this one. We are long. Can we just talk about how shitty the Guns N' Roses song was though? <laughs> yes, we can't talk about that. Good it's Lord. so bad. Yeah. I don't know. They haven't been good. Well, since, since the time, since the incident. Yeah. Oh, you did listen to all these singles. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. These are all uh, singles that I think are on albums that are going to be coming out. And that's just like, yeah, the, uh, the only, actually, I do want to point out two just cause they're, they're really worth it or three. So mm-hmm. the Don Brocco we've talked about the one more Prince that one was insane. Really liked it. Super catchy. Yeah. Really cool. Um, the third eye blind box of bones. I thought that was an incredible song. Great song. Yeah. Uh, and the last one was the animals as leaders monomyth with the Ooh. video. Yeah. Uh, such a good song for one. I really like animals as leaders, um, as far as instrumentalists go. Mm-hmm. And then the song monomyth with the, uh, um, the choreographed, uh, Spanish dancers yeah. was just phenomenal. And the dancing was so beautiful and like mm-hmm. a surprising, I don't want to say juxtaposition to the music, but like it, it fit, but it didn't feel like it should fit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I've never heard anything or I've seen anything like that. Mm-hmm. Especially Absolutely. with a song like that. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. So go check those ones out. Um, and then yep. the rest of them we might bring up later, unless you've got any honorable mentions you want to drop. Uh, no, I don't think so. Um, actually, the crown, again, Courtney Laplante, that, that crown the empire song. Oh, is, yeah. Yeah, killer with Courtney Laplante. Yeah, and yeah, I think that's pretty much it. I mean, Third Eye Blind. Where the hell did they come from? Like right straight out of the nineties. Yeah, I didn't know they were still around, but that Box of Bones is just I, very cool song. Cool song. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, I think we can wrap that up. This was a long episode. <laughs> Yeah. Lots of lots of music to talk about. Um, so again, we will add these all to our here's what's spinning playlist. I feel like that playlist is gonna be like a thousand songs long one day. Yeah, we might more. have to do a here's what's spinning 2021 and then break it up by year. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Cause like, do I just add the whole between the <laughs> to this playlist or like, what do I do? Um, yeah. All of these albums we mentioned, go out and check them out. Uh, even better yet, buy them. Yep. I'll support the bands. Although spirit box, I don't even think they need any support at this point. Like, geez, no, they're killing it. They're killing it. Um, yeah, this is one of the, one of, if not the greatest year for music, in my opinion. Um, this uh, end of the year list is going to be extremely hard to put together. And I also feel like the difference between like number one and number 10 is going to be so minuscule that it's like, I feel like at least the top 10 albums of the year for me could be number one any other year. Totally. Um, 
So I'm going to have to just like, <laughs> I don't even know what I'm going to do. Put them in any random order. <laughs> yeah. Right pick now, them out of a hat. Right now between the buried and me takes the cake for me. I think that's the best release of the year, but we have dream theater in October. So frick, we'll see. <laughs> um, anything else from you, Kyle? No. All right. Um, well, thanks everyone for listening. Um, we're like over the 25 episode hump. Uh, and we're also officially over like a thousand listens. So that's nice. really cool. So thanks everyone that has checked us out. Um, and stay tuned. We are in discussions with some people to bring uh, some more guests on, which will be really cool. And we will just keep bringing you music and bringing you conversation and yeah, we just really appreciate anyone out there that's taken the time to listen to us ramble about music and sometimes nonsense. Yep, absolutely. And uh, we do see uh, that you as listeners really do like when we dive into uh, uh, guests. And so we are definitely looking for high quality guests to bring on and, and interesting conversations and really mm-hmm. digging into those conversations. We appreciate you sticking us around for these uh music heavy episodes because this is what we love so uh yes um we hope to inspire people to take a venture down the the metal road because it it is not as accessible as other things but there's a lot of crazy good music out there and and uh, if you've got suggestions for here's what's spinning in the future and and other genres and other albums that we might be missing uh we are definitely wide open to to any music yes please yeah <laughs> In the same breath, um, I don't know how much more new music I can take (laughs) (laughs) and like new bands, but we are always open. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Thanks guys for hanging out with us. Um, thank you for listening to this episode. You can find us on Instagram at a pal podcast. You can find us on Facebook. Uh, you can email us Adam Kyle podcast at Gmail. Com. Of course, you can find all of our previous episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, basically anywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, so yeah, just drop us a like, a follow, a subscription, a rating if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, and stay tuned for more from Adam and Kyle. Thank you for hanging out with us. Bye. Hello, everyone. It's Kyle here. Thanks again for listening to today's podcast. We hope you enjoyed yourself. Please take a second to follow us on all of our social media. Links to our pages and any other material we talked about today are in the show notes below. Check back in next month for some additional conversation, laughs, and new music. And we wanted to give a big thank you to Adam's sister, Amanda Rishog, for designing our podcast cover image. She's a beautifully talented artist that has a tattoo shop here in Calgary called Living Prayer Tattoo. She specializes in fine line work, sacred geometry, and botanicals. Follow her online handle at Living Prayer Tattoo on Facebook and on Instagram, where you can find all of her work and booking information. And lastly, thanks again to Phoenix Song Productions for the continued technical and financial support, which helped make this podcast possible. We'll see you next time.